This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in and talk about whatever you want. This is Luther. And Albert. And we got a very interesting show planned. All kinds of good stuff. Right, Dale? Things like ridiculous uh, things that brainwash voters and pregnant women dying in prison because they didn't get proper medical care. And superheroes. Superheroes. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that. It's weird. So uh, you want to start us off, maybe? Sure. So, And I'm sure at some point in the show, Dale's going to read a cracked article. I will probably read a cracked article. And if he doesn't, I will. <laughs> so uh, on there's a women's rights website, womensrights.change.org uh, is where I got this article. It says a woman was jailed for getting pregnant and dies from medical neglect. It's for, uh, by Alex DeBronco. So thrown in jail for getting pregnant. That seems like a particularly absurd violation of women's reproductive rights. But it's actually an established policy in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Kara reports at the curvature that for Amy Lynn Gillespie, becoming pregnant meant violating the terms of her work release under probation and getting thrown in jail. Yet the story comes to an even more tragic ending because Gillespie died while in custody from advanced pneumonia. That's pretty draconian, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Gillespie's grieving mother has decided not to let the people who caused her daughter's death off the hook. She has a lawsuit against the Allegheny County Jail Warden, Allegheny Correctional Health Services Incorporated, the county itself, and a few other implicated individuals charging that medical neglect caused Gillespie's death. Though the young woman spent weeks complaining to guards of trouble breathing and mucus in her lungs, she refused to send her to excess medical care until it was too late. The hospital, or they refused to, sorry. The hospital, which is not charged in the lawsuit, says that Gillespie was beyond saving due to the long delay in getting her treatment. Hmm. So, I didn't realize that there could actually be a don't get pregnant clause in your probation. No, I guess they can... That's pretty intrusive. That's That's like... Yeah, that's as intrusive as you can get. That's, yeah, that's... Pretty outrageous. I'm surprised they can get away with that, but apparently they can. Uh. So Gillespie should not have been in jail in the first place. To imprison a woman for becoming pregnant is a violation of her human rights and should not be a condition of probation or work release. To then, yeah, he, I'm getting ahead of the article here. <laughs> <laughs> to then neglect her when the very pregnant condition she was locked up for meant that she needed extra medical attention is horrifying. The crimes that got her in trouble with the law in the first place were minor shoplifting. When caught stealing food, she told the police officer she was hungry. And prostitution, which though illegal, hurts nobody. I'm kind of glad they acknowledged that. Uh, Amy Lynn Gillespie's unnecessary death is nothing short of tragic and highlights deep flaws with the Allegheny County prison system. Uh, New Voices Pittsburgh, Women of Color to Reproductive Justice, is organizing a march to take place tomorrow, November 23rd. Obviously, that's... uh, Pass. When the article was written yeah, yeah. a few days ago. At noon, outside the Allegheny County Courthouse and jail, in a press release reprinted at the curvature, the av- advocacy organization states, the death of any pregnant woman from preventable causes is reproductive injustice and is especially egregious in the custody of the Allegheny County Jail. We challenge the coercive and intrusive practice of conditioning work release on not getting pregnant. We must expose the criminalization of women and pregnancy as a threat to human rights that risk human, uh, excuse me, risk women's health and women's lives. Efforts earlier this year by the organizations, the Focus on Women's Campaign, on Women Campaign, helped to pass a Senate bill banning the shackling of women during birth. It needs the support I, of House. I've to heard pass. of it, stuff like that happening, like especially at Joe Arpaio, where oh, in Joe uh, Arpaio oh my in God. Uh, uh, Arizona. There, like he mm-hmm. he does stuff like that, just ties them to a table, pregnant uh, inmates, you know. Real brutal, like, just... 
Is that? Did they? Are they expecting a woman in the middle of labor to run away? <laughs> like, oh, this is my chance to get out of here. <laughs> Woo. If only I could breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's it, it's kind of that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, I I thought we moved past the Middle Ages. That, that's <laughs> just me. I mean, you know, some people have dungeons still, but that's their business. <laughs> yeah. The. The, the the non-coercive type yeah that are more and more common but the, so i uh, i guess they had a march of some sort and i wonder if anyone knows anything about that yeah since that's I, happened now okay did does it say anything like from the uh the sheriffs or the corrections officers like do they make any kind of excuse for their actions they don't have any they don't have the other side of the story huh they, they, all they have that this is what they have. What this would is what the other happened. side I'm, I'm be? Very I'm very curious what their excuse is. We did it is. for her protection. You know, I mean, well, and apparently the, they're saying that the hospital says she needed, she's she's overdue for treatment. She needed to get treatment. And they're saying that she definitely asked for treatment and was denied treatment uh, or, you know, denied uh, being allowed to see a doctor. And she's pregnant. Just and doing our job. locked up for being pregnant. And so presumably the, the baby died too, right? Yeah. Most likely. Uh, that's what it sounds like. I mean, that's appalling. I don't know. I don't know how pregnant she was. I don't know how far along in her pregnancy she was. No. But uh, if anyone knows any more about that, um, what, 603-435-1105? Yes. Oh. I almost said it in unison with you, but that would just oh. be weird. <laughs> <sighs> so, way to get things off on a very, very depressing we'd, note. We'd have to say jinx. <laughs> and then you'd owe me coke. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how it works? Yeah. A Coke, not cocaine. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I, I, if you want to give me cocaine, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't even know where to get it. No. Yeah. Really? Really? I'm I could sh- probably. I'm sure I you could, could probably, figure it out. I could probably ask around. <clears throat> yeah. How hard can it be? I mean, I, I've never gone looking for heroin, but I'm sure I could find it if I if I really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Shrooms, on the other hand. Man. Yeah, those you got to go out and find. I, yeah, they're not, they're a little trickier. They're they're not. Quite as mainstream. Right. Well, you know, there's a a window you can pick them after it rains, I guess. Uh, Yeah, and and people can grow them. Yeah, you can grow them. They're easier. I think they're easier. Well, in some ways they're harder. In some ways they're easier to grow than marijuana. Yeah. Because I don't think that they're... uh, I don't think cops are looking for mushroom... Well, you know, there aren't there, there aren't a there, there's not a bunch of signs to look for. You know, there's not like lots of heat emanating out of houses nope. and stuff for them to use infrared goggles on and things like that. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Just uh, you know, cow feces. That's about it. <laughs> cow feces. Anybody? Well, you don't use cow feces if you're growing them. No, I guess you don't if you're doing it at you home. Use alternative. Yeah, things, yeah. yeah. So they're probably probably yeah probably probably safer. They probably don't have bacteria on them that could make you sick. Right. Give you like. Yeah, you got to wash off Good your boy. mushrooms, boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Drug Talk Live. <laughs> uh, so you want to hear about these superheroes, man? Yes, I want to hear about them because uh, I still don't really get it. Like, I'm, I'm curious what makes them super. Nothing. Because I don't think they have, like, electrical well, powers. Batman or didn't have superpowers. Magnetism powers. Yeah. Yeah, but he... Neither yeah, did, he has... like, Green Arrow or... Who else? All the great superheroes. The you question... You know what though? I I I found that um, it, to me it was more it was diff- more difficult to buy into. You know, it's, it's it was harder to push the I believe button 
for you know, for Batman and the non super superheroes. Really? Yeah, because at least the other character, the, you know, superpowers helps explain doing outrageous things. Yeah, but like someone's supposed to be there just a regular person, but oh yeah, they trained really really hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is okay. America. Hard work pays off. Yeah, but I don't know if I buy it. I mean, some of the stuff Batman would get away with, I'm like, not, yeah. a, normal, not a normal human, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's a big part of the Batman myth is that he's he's not a normal man. He's the yeah. Batman. Well, yeah. <laughs> Fueled by the rage over the death of his parents. And yeah. He's, he's. I think he's got to be a sociopath, dude, <laughs> if you think about <laughs> it, man. Batman... Uh, sees his parents die. It, it made more vows, sense when he was more vigilante. Yeah, vow, more, vows more to 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 you know beat the crap, you know, and then sometimes hospitalize criminals. You know, oh, he just stole some bread from the store yeah. to feed his family. <laughs> Criminal, you know, and then just lays a smackdown on him. Yeah, I, no, but like Superman, Superman has too much power. Oh yeah, definitely. And like they had that's a comic. The other, that's the other end of the spectrum yeah. that's of ridiculousness. You can't right? beat him. He's a, yeah. an awful superhero. If you like Superman six zero three four three five eleven zero five, call in and I'll make fun of you. He, yeah, any, any Superman fans, call in so we can mock you. But he, but that's why they had to give him like this one weakness that was that would just totally render him helpless. The kryptonite. Yeah. Yet nobody's smart enough to make a kryptonite bullet. Well, that's just it. I mean, the fact that he survived kryptonite over the years is pretty amazing. Well, more on the death of Superman to come and real-life superheroes. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories that are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. You'll be awed by the illustrations while you cheer for the heroes and boo the villains. Check out BigHeadPress.com and sample their work online before you buy BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number you can call in. Talk about whatever you want. Talk about things you don't want. Talk about things we don't want. This is Luther. (laughs) And Delbert. And we were interrupted by our our kind and caring and lovable sponsors. uh, uh, In the middle of an important uh, discussion about Superman. Yeah, I... I, um was was wondering about these these guys you're calling them superheroes but would it be more right. appropriate to call them costume vigilantes yes like they called them in uh watchmen yeah Isn't that's that what they called them i i think they did well the the term superhero is actually marvel and dc copyrighted it really yeah oh we're gonna get a superheroes or superheroine or i think supervillain as well how can two different companies that are competitive with each other both have the copyright i don't know especially when they didn't actually invent superheroes hmm. just saying you know zorro did these guys just uh did they just watch kick ass and <laughs> well let's and find just, out <laughs> get inspired by it <laughs> this is from uh dateline zero and uh i've never heard of this website but they bill themselves as uh truth is more son of a bitchin than fiction <laughs> the 
that rhymes. I didn't even realize that. <clears throat> Real life superheroes have become a big phenomena. So big, in fact, that some police departments are asking officers to familiarize themselves with the who's who of their city's crime fighting crusaders. I, I can't read this and not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like reality is following fiction. You the, know? the total absurdity. Or maybe fiction of it. predicted. Like reality. I can only imagine, you know, all the cops, you know, getting the chief calls them around and it's like, okay. We got we got some allies out there now on the streets here, see? And uh, you need to familiarize yourself with them, boys. This I can't imagine the cops taking them seriously. This one's Blackbird. His specialty is flight. <laughs> Except I, I, I strongly suspect he doesn't actually fly. Well, let's find out. Okay. Two things have been in short supply in recent years. One, an actual sense of protection. Two, sincere acts of heroism. Now, I'd say there's a sense of protection. It's just a false sense of protection. <clears throat> uh, let's face it. Police brutality have become so commonplace that instances don't usually warrant news coverages. Uh, the politicians in Versailles, uh, D.C. are good for nothing. Oh, okay. I guess they were comparing D.C. to uh, the decadence of the French Revolution or pre-French Revolution uh, monarchy. Okay. Oh, that's confusing. Sorry to get off track. And the depth of, uh, in the depth of, oh, oh, Department of Homeland Security, which includes the TSA, seems to have declared war on we the people. Where to turn for real help, security, and heroism? Real life superheroes have begun to spring up everywhere. In fact, there are so many real life superheroes running around the city of Seattle that local police have been encouraged to study up on the real life superhero movement to familiarize themselves with a the, movement with a growing trend. I, I guess so. Oh, wow. Many in Seattle have even formed an organized group called the Rain City Superhero Movement. This includes Thorn, Buster Doe, Green Reaper, Gemini, No Name, Catastrophe, Thunder 88, <laughs> Penelope and Phoenix Jones, the Guardian of Seattle. <laughs> that wow. should be Guardians. Um, oh, I guess it's Penelope. Unless it's Penelope. Uh <laughs> All masked, they carry tasers, nightsticks, pepper spray, but no firearms. Well, that's right. not going to be helpful if somebody's yeah. shooting at you, and you kind of make yourself a target when you dress. That's what's gonna. Uh, this isn't very. This really isn't very bright. If you're gonna go out and be a, a if you really, if you really want to be effective, then then just dress discreetly. Right. Don't, don't dress in an outrageous costume. Right. Uh, if you, it, it sounds, you know. If you want to examine the psychology of people who dress up in fancy costumes, whether it's in comic books or in real life, you mm -hmm. know, it's it sounds like they just want attention. Yeah, you know, I, I, much. And, and and that's okay if you just want attention, but don't mix that with trying to fight crime, right? <laughs> you know, there's also I drag mean, shows, and you could go do a drag show. <laughs> those those uh, comic drag conventions, queens, you know, comic conventions. Those drag queens get a lot of attention. Yeah, and the, and they want it. <laughs> so that's the point that was the point you know so well, they are entertaining like but i don't know this seems to me like a i, I don't know if i would trust these yahoos to protect me oh, more than the police I know I would. Yeah. <laughs> the seattle P pd were informed that captain ozone and night owl uh are not part of the movement oh so there are separate like there's the justice league and there's those who didn't get it who didn't make the cut you know oh dear <laughs> i'm trying to imagine the people who didn't make the cut for the truly psychotic uh superhero <laughs> team <laughs> like how bad off were they you know oh man uh good to know where these cape crusaders stand 
While uh, this has gotten big enough in Seattle to get some media attention, it's becoming something of a phenomena all across the United States. This is not a trend, it is a movement. This movement could also go worldwide. Naples, Italy already has at least one steadfast protector. Um, Local police are beginning to ask real-life superheroes, or (laughs) RLSH, to be careful. Seattle PI reports... They made an acronym for it because they say it so much. Right. Well, yeah, they have to. I mean, they they don't know. <laughs> Bureaucrats don't understand big words, so they they make them simple, like the uh, campaign for respectful and altruistic persons, or just I, crap. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think that um, having this acronym and calling them real life superheroes might be uh, <laughs> uh, giving a little too much credit and blowing up their heads a little bit too much. This has to be a joke. There's no way. <laughs> Are you sure? Wait, it's not April. No, it's not April Fool's Day. No. Like mm. and I, this isn't the only <laughs> website that's reporting on it. Like I, I didn't believe it myself, and I had to go Google and like check and make sure that this wasn't some kind of farce. But uh, <laughs> no, you're a comic book fan, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is uh, it's inter- this is interesting, and I'm sort of uh, an honorary comic book fan because I, I didn't read comics as a kid. I was a very unusual child in that respect. But uh, I, uh, I think we just lost. Oh, and they're calling back. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. Not. Anyway, sorry. Okay. So. So uh, I was never really, I didn't read comics as a kid, but I had a lot of friends in high school mm-hmm. uh, who kept me updated, up to date on comic book stories. I, they gave me the like um, the Reader's Digest version of what's going on with Dark Phoenix and right. different things. So I kind of followed a lot of that stuff by proxy. And- yeah, I haven't been following it so much lately. Um, most of the comics I'm reading aren't superhero comic books. I, I don't really like what's happening in Marvel and DC right now. So I'm reading like Buffy and uh angel yeah. <laughs> which is the same that sounds cool yeah. i'd probably like those actually if i, I just don't the comics, like them enough to spend money on the, the comics. comics are good they they really capture the characters and the, the dialogue really well cool so we got a call let's go to them free talk live who's this it's naomi hey naomi What's another up? comic talking about comic books yeah no, another comic book expert we're talking our, about real life superheroes actually yeah, I was uh, I was regarding the fact that actually Aquaman's more useless than these people actually are. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying much. <laughs> He's pretty useless. I don't know if you've ever read Aquaman or heard of Aquaman, but yeah, yeah. And he can telepathically talk to to sea creatures, though. <laughs> yeah, for those. I guess that's useful. How much crime ha- uh, happens in the ocean? Piracy. <laughs> Like All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. We're going to break, but we'll hold you over. And uh, when we come back, we'll continue this conversation of uh, masked vigilantes. R-L-S-H. Yeah. R- <laughs> RLHSs. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. It's Sunday after a long weekend, and that means I have to go to work tomorrow. I'm sorry. I'm not looking forward to it. You should uh, be self-employed like me, except making Is that what they're calling unemployment nowadays? Yes. Ah. Well, we are talking about superheroes, and we have Naomi on the line. Naomi, you still with us? 
I'm still here. All right. And you think that Aquaman is the most worthless <laughs> superhero ever, right? Uh, well, it's not really. Can anybody debate me on that? Is there any worse? Well, I, I, um, you don't think someone you could come up with something worse than Aquaman? Isn't he like he's still like really strong, that. isn't he, and stuff? Even if he comes out of the water, or no? Yeah, he is. He know. is stronger because he, he, he he's on the Justice League, so right. I well, think he is. that's he only because he's a monarch. I mean, you know, there was almost an Aquaman political. show. Yeah. You know, like just like Smallville and all that. There was almost an Aquaman show. I had the pilot somewhere. Yeah, you can download in the, 90s, the pilot. In the nineties, they made him like rough and like he lost a hand and he had a hook and he had like a beard and he was tough and stuff. But he's <laughs> he's still Aquaman. I mean, you can't take him seriously. He wears you know green fish scale tights. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, I, I'd actually, have trouble. Uh, Go ahead. In regards to the whole costume thing, you guys were saying that uh. You don't have to wear a flashy costume. Batman uses his for fear. So his yeah. costume is actually part of the superhero power. Yeah, yeah, but he actually is badass. These guys I guess, aren't. Well, most of the costume is for protecting your identity, right? For the most part, yeah. yeah but not but... really protecting your identity if you're like Wonder Woman where you show your face. Right. Well, these people that are dressing up, yeah, though, like they're not they're One of not these Batman. guys, uh, <laughs> this guy from New Bedford, Mass, apparently, uh, Civitron, he just has some Oakleys on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, is he a transformer? No, no, he's, no. uh, no, he's, I, I don't know what he does. It doesn't really say. And then there's this girl <laughs> from Jersey, NYX, and she just looks like a, a goth chick. Is it actually, Her you say, you say NYX or is it Nix? It, it could be Nix. It's all capitals though, so. Yeah, probably. I'm guessing it's NYX. Yeah. Her superpower is, uh. She reads poetry and it just bores you to death. She cuts wrists. <laughs> <laughs> She's super angsty and cuts wrists. Yeah. So do you think they just do you think they watched Kick Ass and got inspired and said, Hey, he just put on a costume, went out and started fighting crime. Maybe I can do that too. Yeah, he had a he had a scuba suit that's different. Yeah. That's pretty much all these are. <laughs> Uh, this yeah. guy Blackbird has like a leather jacket on and a hoodie and uh, like a black face mask and it looks like he kind of has well, a beak. What's the definition of a superhero? I mean, you have people like, like I've been watching the show Dexter a lot. Yeah. And he's kind of like a superhero. I guess. But not really because he doesn't have any powers. But does that, does the powers basically give you and, the title of a superhero? Well, Dale and I were talking about that. And he says he doesn't really find the powerless superheroes as believable. Like, you know, the idea that Batman just trained himself really well and now he can do all these crazy things. Yeah, it's easier to buy into it when there's an ex- when there's a reason for the you know when you have um, movie drama when you have you know people blowing up buildings and surviving and doing all kinds of really crazy stuff that's like action packed and they and yet they survive it's easier to buy into it when there's an explanation like why this is different from the reality that we live in like there's something about them that that makes that more believable whereas this oh yeah he's just a regular guy but he trains really hard and he's got a lot of money I don't know. I find it harder to believe. Well, I mean, part of Batman's superhero is, or superpower is um, basically angst and anger. <laughs> angst yeah, and anger. That's we're, ta- what it we were talking about that. How he's kind of just a, billions of dollars. Yeah. yeah, I could do things with billions of dollars. They did a pretty good job at the latest Batman movies to kind of make it seem kind of believable. Yeah, but, you know, cause I liked them better than. You, 
like you know Batman Forever and those awful ones. Yeah, we don't talk about that, Luther. Once when <laughs> that didn't D- when DVDs first came out, like you couldn't get a lot of DVDs, and like they would they had like variety packs, and I got one that had Batman and Robin in it, which was the one with uh, Arnold, and I had to watch it like all the yeah. time because I didn't have any other movies. That one was really fun to watch. I got well, so drunk for that one because I was on a date. I was on a blind date with a girl, and I was in such a panic that I had to get really, really drunk because I was so freaked out about this because I thought I was going to get hit on by a girl at the at this. And so I'm watching that movie like absolutely schnockered. I was like so. Fortunately, I wasn't driving. I rode along, and I was so drunk watching that movie and hearing like Arnold's Iceman one-liners. Not yeah. Iceman. We but, uh, we counted all the bad puns and jokes in that movie once. We got halfway through the movie and we were at a. 180. <laughs> I was I was 10 when I seen that movie and I still felt drunk. Yeah. Well, if you go to it and really just like have fun with how ridiculously silly it is, it's a really fun movie. It's so ridiculous. It, it is. And it's it's just campy I don't know cheesy if it's fun. fun. Well, it was it's it's campy cheesy and if you it's just way too over it the top. That, it's not like the 60s Batman which was awesome, you know. <laughs> you know what I find actually more entertaining is the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is now the governor of California. Yeah. That's yeah. more entertaining than that movie is. By far. <laughs> a freeze will come. <laughs> Anything else on your mind tonight? I guess if you're not talking about superheroes anymore, I should Well, we to, are. I mean, we are going to talk about superheroes. I guess I'm blocking calls for super Superman fans to call in to make fun of. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Superman sucks, and we all know that. So I don't think we're going to get anybody calling in <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a good night. You too. Bye. All right. Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hello. This is Renegade. Hey. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah. Uh, you've got I a superhero was wondering name. If I could change the topic a little bit. Go you, ahead. You've, you've got a superhero name, I noticed. <laughs> Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what my parents named me as. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to, uh, you know, set. The, like I just wanted to correct something, which like you know, every time I, I hear Mark talk about uh, immigration, illegal immigration, uh-huh. and welfare, I feel like he's getting something wrong. And that's like you know, uh, it's like it's true that countries and economies, uh, countries with more welfare, they attract more immigrants and illegal immigrants. But the reason why that happens is something not many people really understand. And like you know, I mean, let, let me ask you, uh, Luther. Why do you think countries with more immigration see more? Uh, sorry, more welfare see more immigration, especially hmm. illegal immigration. I never really thought about it, honestly. Uh, uh, I mean, like most uh, people think that, like I mean, because is it a sign of just general prosperity that they can afford welfare? Or yeah, something? maybe. I don't know. That's that's yeah, the best like, answer I can come up with. Oh, uh, okay. No, I mean, like. What generally people think is that illegal immigrants want to go to these countries. So and they can get on welfare. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't really buy that. I, yeah, I, I, I know don't. too many. I, my, I've just experienced too many. Um, I, I don't really know of immigrants that are that are not working their butts off. So right. I, I would have some trouble with that theory. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's really difficult to actually be able to do that. They have, like, the whole systems in place and... Um, I don't know if maybe someone is, like, trying to get on welfare. I mean, there, there may be some fraud, but the biggest reason why uh, these countries, like, uh, even talking about uh, European countries where there's welfare system, the main reason is, let's just say if you have a 1,000 
are working Americans, okay? And you decide to give them all welfare, like, you know, these, these people are eligible for welfare. So the problem is, now what you've done is you've created 1,000 jobs with nobody to work on them because, let's just say, I want someone to clean my yard, and I'm not willing to pay more than $1,000 per month for that. Mm-hmm. And anyone who would be willing to work for $1,000 is being offered $1,100 in welfare. So nobody's going to work for, uh, you know, cleaning my yard unless I pay more. So pulling 1,000 people into welfare means 1,000 new jobs for those people who cannot be eligible for welfare. In this case, that would be illegal immigrants. So for illegal immigrants, there is only two options, either to not work or get $1,000 in uh, working, cleaning the yard. Or uh, for Americans, the two options are get $1,100 in welfare, not working, or work their ass off and get $1,000. So yeah. the point is, uh, the reason why Delta keeps on I, I tell you what, more and more. Renegade, we got to go to break now, but I'll hold you over and we'll continue this, all right? Welcome back to Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in. You can take control. Uh, this is Luther. And Albert. And JJ. Oh my gosh, where did you come from? Out of the nowhere. That's frightening. And we have Renegade on the line. Uh, we're talking about uh, the correlation between welfare and illegal immigration. You still with us? Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, kind of to recap, you you brought up the point that most people assume that uh, countries that have a large number of immigrants on welfare, it's the welfare that's attracting them. Is that right? No, no. I mean, like countries which see large number of uh, immigration from third world countries uh-huh. think, or like illegal immigration in case of America, think that illegal immigrants want to get on welfare. Right. The point is, they want to do the jobs which are now created because nobody wants to do them. Because anyone who uh, like the the salary, the the money which you get for that job is less than the amount of welfare you can get. Right. I. Th- so. I, I, I used to have some roommates who were in the construction business, and they I, I had we would fight all the time about this. You know, they hated the Mexicans. They, you know, swore up and down that they were taking their jobs, that they were displacing them. And in a way, I guess they were because construction companies could, you know, get the immigrants for cheaper than they could a white guy, uh, which makes sense. I mean, more power to the business, in my opinion. And they didn't see how them coming in also created jobs. Like, I could not get them to, to uh, grasp that concept. It wasn't necessarily the jobs that they wanted, right? Right. right. It, it wasn't the jobs that they had, right? They wanted more construction work, right? And, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're doing a, it, it, this is this is how protectionism works. If you can pay a little bit to to not have to compete for whatever it is you do as a business or mm-hmm. as an employee, like i.e. unions, yeah. Uh, if you can protect uh, and and you know maintain demand in your area without allowing the the supply or maintain or, or fight or control supply so that mm-hmm. it won't meet the demand and you keep a high demand in the area where you work. I mean, yeah, that's great for you, but it sucks for everybody else, right? right. It sucks for the general economy. It sucks for other jobs. It sucks, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's basically violence instead of, right. Instead of f- f- supplying and demand, um, demand and supply, um, working with each other in the economy. 
Well, I think one thing the caller is, is struck on is the, the market response. Is He's indicating that the market says we need jobs in this area and the people who are here uh, don't want to do those jobs. So that other right. people are coming in and taking that and, and, and being a part of this market that we are all in. And we shouldn't look down upon that. That's simply the way things work. Uh, right. The problem is obviously the legislation that says it's illegal for you to come here. We should have open borders. That's that's the way it should be, obviously. Yes. We should get rid of the welfare and have open borders. And, and in the meantime, whichever whichever one we can get, we should be working on that too. Right. Now, now, do you guys, and you too, Renegade, do you think that there's a racist component in the anti-immigration, uh, in some anti-immigration view, immigration views? I, I wouldn't really even call want to call it like, you know, racist component. It's like, um, you know, like Jim Crow laws are very specific to America, mm-hmm. and no other, countries, uh, no other country really wants to have them or really ever wanted to have them. But immig- anti-immigration rhetoric is common across all over the countries. I've seen this thing in India. I've seen this anti-immigration rhetoric in, uh, you know, uh, France, Europe, European countries, mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. And there's one common template they all follow. There's a statement made which generally includes something like, by the year 2050, the number of ex-people, which is generally an immigra- immigration population, mm-hmm. are going to be more than the native population. Now, I have seen this template to be used in India with respect to Muslims and Bangladeshi people. I've seen this in Europe with respect to uh, Turkish, like in Germany, it's the Turkish people. Uh, I, all across Europe is the uh, Armenian, Arab, uh, in France, it's Armenians. Mm-hmm. In America, this is with the non-white people that by 2050, uh, the non-white population is going to be in a minority and Hispanic population is going to be the majority. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's, it's everywhere. So I would want to call it racist, but it's not, it's not racist. It's more about, because they don't look like us or don't share the same values. Uh-huh. This is like, an, it's a natural uh, you, you may want to call it xenophobia or something, but then it was there back when Catholics were coming to America, mm-hmm. and they had the same figures, like by 1950, uh, the number of Catholics is, are going to go higher than the number of Protestants, and everybody will follow Pope, right. you know? So it's always there. Yeah. So More... it's just the general animosity against people you don't understand or know. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I can see that too, and I, I've seen that a lot. Uh, like when I lived down in Florida, the biggest complaint was, you know, well, they don't respect our culture and language. Why should we respect theirs? You know, why should I have to learn Spanish? They should have to learn English. Uh, that kind of attitude. It was more, yeah, it was more like them not wanting to change to this to this new, uh, uh, you know, factor in their lives. Exactly, and like you know about the language issue. Uh, when I first came here to America, I was kind of. Like, you know, it felt a little bit weird that, like, Spanish is the second largest spoken language. Mm-hmm. But to be really honest, this is a completely non-issue. It's like a complete based of, like, yes, by 2050, uh, maybe the Hispanics are going to be the majority in this country. But by, t- no, I mean, by the next century or even 200 years, no, America is not going to become the Spanish-speaking country. You know why? Because... In order to Americans to switch from English to some other language, not only Americans have to switch to other language, mm-hmm. but uh, Europeans will have to learn Spanish, Africans have to learn Spanish, Indians have to learn Spanish, because English is the language, international language of business. And the 
main thing is, I think the best example I see in this case is in India, where so many people know how to speak English. Nobody really wants to speak English. They hate it. They wish if there was a law which would just remove English from you know the country. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, two people from different part of the country, they have their own language. Nobody really wants to learn each other's language, and English is the most common language which they all can speak. Mm. So because of this. No matter what happens, English cannot be replaced from America. No matter how many Spanish-speaking people come to this country, right. they will all learn English. And yeah. one thing which people miss is uh, about the integration issues, that the first-generation immigrants never integrate because it's really hard. It's right. not that easy. Right. For yeah, they're, they're older at that point. The, the, second, the second generation will speak both languages, and the third generation yeah. will only speak English. Exactly. Right. And like, you know, people talk about as if like my grandfather came from Germany and he started speaking English the next moment, like, you know, the moment he landed. Right. Okay. That, that yeah. The, uh, the, the, the argument I hear for that, like I had a lot of Italian friends whose uh, who's, like grandparents might have immigrated. They, they were much older than I was. Uh, and they would say, well, at least they tried. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true. In fact, in Milwaukee, prior to World War II, the, the paper of record for that city was printed in German because the entire area of Milwaukee was mostly a German and Polish uh, you know, immigrant population. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the market wanted it in German because they all spoke and read German. Right. And then after the war, it became unpopular for there to be German speaking. Right. Well, here in New England, we see you'll see French occasionally subtitled on signs, you know, like a second sign in French it's as, very you rare at north, this point. as you go further north. As you go further north. Um and in Florida, you know, you, you'll see some signs in Spanish or, you know, like a, a sign that says, sure, nos hablamos español, uh, something like that, you know. Uh, but, exactly. yeah, you know, it's... Well, I just want to point out that this this whole language issue wasn't really an issue. It's more of a political tool at this point in time. Right. In, our, in, our, in our time, it's, it's just, uh, it's another means to create infighting between people instead of fighting the actual problem, which is the root cause, which is the Fed, the government, the... The uh, the gross, you know, uh, overstepping of constitutional boundaries, that sort of thing. So it's yeah. it's just a, di- a distraction. The language, the immigration, it's all distractions, right. keeping you away and, from fighting the actual problem. And you know, the big, uh, there's a pretty good reason why illegal immigrants do not or cannot speak English, because for them, someone who speaks Spanish represents safety. In the sense, if I'm an illegal immigrant. I don't really want to work for uh, you know non-Spanish-speaking uh, people. Not because not because of the language, but more like uh, if someone speaks Spanish, they expect them to be more considerate towards their situation, might be more willing to break the law, and might be more like for example, if I'm I'm an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I have to do things which are not really you know black and white, so. Uh, I would, if I have two options, one is like, you know, uh, an English speaking up to like a, a guy with a perfect accent and everything, and then there's a Hispanic individual, I would rather go to the Hispanic individual for that task rather than the English speaking individual, because although this is, this is very discriminatory, but there is more safety if I speak to someone who's, who knows Spanish, because the chances of that individual not ratting me uh, gotta out. Wrap it up, um, yeah, we, gotta wrap it up, Music man. We're going playing. back to break. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, all right. Uh, thanks for the call. Six. 
This is Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in and talk about anything you want. From the political to the personal, this is Luther. And JJ. And Albert. And I uh, guess we'll get back to superheroes real quick, guys, if that's all right with you. Sweet. Yeah. Yes. And JJ, you, you missed the beginning of this, but apparently in Seattle there there's a pretty large it's not it's not a trend, it's a movement. Oh no. Yes, of superheroes. The real life superheroes are R H or R L S H's. And uh, there's some in like uh Massachusetts. It's, it's such a movement Italy. they made an acronym for them. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and the the police are familiarizing themselves with these uh, caped crusaders, <laughs> costumed avengers, <laughs> what have you. And uh, so uh, I'll pick up from there. Uh, local poli- police are beginning to ask real-life superheroes, or RLSHs, <laughs> to be careful. Seattle PI reports that on one occasion, police say a caped crusader dressed in black was nearly shot when he came running out of a dark park. In another case, a witness on Capitol Hill saw the Crusaders wearing ski masks in a car parked at a shell station and thought they were going to rob the place. So I guess they don't have the Batmobile. They just have a Chevy Caprice. Well, why, <laughs> oh, man. why would you wear a ski mask as a Cape Crusader? I mean, seriously, that is not a superhero costume piece. You don't wear a ski mask. That's, right. that's the enemy. That says villain. I mean, seriously, come on. Have you watched movies? <laughs> That's always what the in sometimes in the movies it's something like that that the superhero puts on when they first go out there before they have a chance to make a proper costume. They right. need to get creative. And the, yeah, we, we they, need more creativity. These from guys really aren't creative. This guy has like a, a surfing a wetsuit, you know, and some sunglasses. I mean. <laughs> That's not great. But didn't he like draw a lightning bolt on his chest or something? It, what, what is it's that? It's a C with a flame coming out of it, like a is torch. He flaming? Kind of. is, that, is that meant to say that he's flaming? Civitron. Well, okay, that's not His hair it does have a, quite a bit of product in it. Uh, oh, jeez. I'm not going to draw any conclusions <laughs> from that, but you know, he's wearing tights. And he's got a flame on his. It chest, probably doesn't so. hurt his ability to help the public at large. <laughs> a police bulletin has been sent to all Seattle officers this week, requesting they look at the real life superhero national website to get an idea and I can't believe they don't have a link to it, to get an idea of what they are dealing with. The secret identity thing could become an issue unless something is done to allow RLSH to work more efficiently with police. I think this has to be fake, dude. There's no way the police would be on board with this. They would be, you know, they would be wanting to put a stop to it. They would be wanting to catch these vigilantes, you know. Uh... Um. Well, yeah, I, I'm trying to find this. This I tried doing well, a search. Or they'd make them license this. themselves, like in the the Civil War in Marvel Comics. I mean, uh, to register. With well, the it government. depends on what they're doing. Actually, I think if they're it, I don't know what the gun laws are. You know that sort of. They, deal. they don't carry guns. They don't carry guns. They don't carry guns. Okay. What are the gun laws in that state anyway? Um, there is a WorldSuperheroRegistry.com. <laughs> And these look like some of the ones you're, they look like the people you're talking about. There's there's Death's Head, Death's Head Moth, Nostrum, Ghost, Oni. Oni looks like a Japanese superhero. Probably. Uh, the Eye. Nyx, NYX. Yeah. NYX is on here. Um, I think she's kind of cute. The Eye has a glowing finger, which I think he did with Photoshop. But Well, I, I had that, that <laughs> the incident where I I'd sort of. Inter- interacted with a, a burglar at at the uh, the apothecary here in Keene, and afterwards the police, ever since then, have always been very congratulatory towards me and, and thanking me for helping with this, you know, 
Yeah, but you're not. You're not. One of them is but this, it's, it's, you're not putting on a costume and going no. out regularly. No, it's just. It's just that the police, it seems, would would welcome any sort of help that that actually helps them. Really, I I, I think. Don't like, they always say, "Don't take it in, don't take the law into your own hands"? Yeah, so? I think that's that is more towards the, the the use of guns. I think. But if you're I'm just, waiting, I'm waiting for someone <laughs> to call in and complain that we're not encouraging this behavior because this is out of the system. Well, uh, it says work. later that they they kind of work with with the police like closely like so they're basically yeah. they're they're narcs they yeah. want to be, be police <laughs> they, they they fight hey, illegal activity they don't they don't there. fight you know yeah. injustice with victims right. exclusively well then they'd They'll, have to fight the police sometimes wouldn't they if it was real if they were like <laughs> they wanted to fight like real real crimes and real injustices and they occasionally they'd they'd be bumping heads with the police so. yes in, in which the, ain't gonna happen Right, right. So, the, the, yeah. I'll continue. Uh, the secret identity thing could become an issue unless something is done to allow RLSH to work more efficiently with police. Seattle police were called out to Phoenix Jones, uh, uh, Phoenix Jones uh, and his team, who were apprehending a violent man swinging a gold club. Wow! Uh, but because they refused to identify themselves using their legal names, the police couldn't take statements, and the aggressor walked free, minus his club. Uh, Phoenix Jones was later identified as a local 22-year-old black man who is uh, driven around by a female friend who stays in the car when he gets out in his black cape, black fedora, blue tights, white belt, and mask. Awesome. He had agreed to be interviewed by the police, and when he arrived at the station only uh, partly dressed, he apologized. The rest of his outfit was being repaired because of a recently... He was recently stabbed by a drug dealer. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I'm telling you, this sounds like um, Kick-Ass. If you haven't seen the movie Kick-Ass, you know, a guy decides to just put on a costume and go out and fight crime. He's totally unprepared. Why yeah. need a costume, just, though? I mean, really, though, why do you need a costume um, to do protect your identity. identity? No, but... So I'm I'm on the... Oh, go ahead. Well, it's just like, if you're going to do helpful things for the neighborhood or the community at large... Uh, why not? Why not just show them who you are, and then well, there's no. You know, you missed it enemies. earlier. We, you missed it earlier. There's the protection your identity and don't, not building up enemies. But the, but you missed it earlier. I was saying that you wear a costume because you want attention. Okay. Because if you really want to be effective on the streets, you would be very and you'd be very discreet, right? Right. Naturally. And then Naomi called in and said, "Well, but Batman uses it to intimidate people because right. it can be built a up a bit. reputation of being really scary. So the costume yeah, you're, is you're marker, instantly you know. identifiable, you know, because you got that costume. You know, people don't need to recognize your facial features to know that it's you. Though anybody could just get a costume that copies it and smear your name. I, I got to tell you about Dark Guardian in New oh. York on the World Superhero Registry dot com. It says it's got category crime fighting activity level active identity secret." Arch enemy, none. Region, New York, New York. Organizations, Justice Society of Justice. The, the Moonlight Club. The Redundancy Society now, of Redundancy. Picture. There's a picture. He's got a tank top that's blue and red. He's got like blue up the middle and red on the sides. And he's got a hoodie thing that's attached to the tank top. And he's got like a black mask, the Batman style black mask. And he's got like a black belt and some black pants. He, he looks like he's going to bust out a whip and start. You know, giving orders, he might I guess. do that in his off time, you know. But the Dark Guardian patrols the streets of New York, sometimes <laughs> teaming up with other real life superheroes. And here's a quote I am a man who will make a difference in this world. Some may call me a hero, a superhero, a vigilante, or a nut job. I fight for all that is right and just. I protect the innocent and punish evil. I will drive myself self 
That's what it says. I will drive myself, self, into the ground to help make this world a better place. Uh, It's a typo. We'll cut him some slack. I now only live my life for justice and the betterment of mankind. Well, he doesn't need to patrol the streets, New York. Just walk up and down Wall Street and deal with the (laughs) bankers and financial terrorists. I wonder wonder if any of these uh, would be willing to become oath keepers or something similar (laughs) to that. The the vigilante oath keeper, you know, I will not... uh, well, they must have different philosophies. I wonder if any of them right. are sort of are, are sort of that was looking kind of at something the injustices that always threw by me. government agents. Yeah, that was something that always threw me about comic books. Is uh, you know, like who's who, why would they all be on one side or the other, good or evil? Like it seems like some would fight for certain you know ideals and others for you know. Well, others. the good stories do have less black and white characters than yeah. that, right? Characters with some nuance yeah. and interesting characteristics and ideas, I guess. Thank goodness Phoenix Jones is also wearing body armor. This is the guy that got stabbed. And a ballistic cup under his outfit. Nice. That's probably something Helpful. you should pick up at Superheroes R Us is the ballistic cup. Wikipedia has an article on RLSH which explains the term real-life superhero is variously applied to real-world people who dress and or act like comic book superheroes. Sometimes this label is bestowed upon them by those whom they have helped other or the media while at other times the aspiring superheroes apply the the label to themselves. So. There's some great ones on here. You you have got to go to worldsuperheroregistry.com and check some of these out. And in in the meantime, we'll be back shortly. More coming up. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. This is the Sunday edition with Luther, JJ, and Delbert. And we've been discussing uh, real-life superheroes. Apparently, they are really out there. Uh, I'm right here. And I will be there to stop you, JJ. (laughs) But first, an important message from our sponsors, english.freetalklive.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the interwebs. Yes, this is so cool. Did you know there are smart folks all over the world who need to meet you? Why? Well, if you're from an English-speaking country, then check out english.freetalklive.com right this very second to find out. If you're listening to this podcast, then pause it right now and check out the site. Go to english.freetalklive.com and discover how to create your own online business. All you need to get started is the ebook, the internet, Skype, a webcam, and a microphone. What an inexpensive way to become your own boss that oversees a rewarding and challenging job that requires your unique creativity and passion. Pause the podcast and visit english.freetalklive.com right now. So we go to the phones. We have Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you with us? Oh, turn your radio down, please. Hey, Lance. How's it going? Good, good. Excellent. So what's on your mind tonight, Dave? Well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some censorship that happened to one of my students. Um... Biker Bill, he's, he's on it's YouTube.com slash Biker Bill, mm-hmm. and he uh, he shot some video of some free staters being arrested, and it's been knocked off YouTube by, uh, well, it's not clear exactly who did it, but someone filed a complaint. I guess the concern is that maybe the feds uh, filed a complaint and got video deleted uh, of them arresting people. Any idea what the complaints were about? I mean... It was a, it's called a privacy complaint. 
and the, um, <laughs> the the message from YouTube uh, listed a uh, time and a URL. So they listed one of his URLs where he showed the arrest. And they showed the time code on the URL that was in question, and that that particular part of the video was just a shot of this uh, security person standing around. Um, but later in the, or I guess earlier in the video, you see him arresting some people. Hmm. Uh, and when did, so the protest took place like a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, that was, uh, I guess it would have been early November, roughly, or mid-November, actually. Okay. And when some folks were arrested for uh, chalking the, the federal compound right. uh, in Concord. Right. And and so you feel this is sort of a backlash uh, that they're lashing out to the uh, the videographers who were filming this and exposing it, putting it out there on the Internet for people to see? or I guess. I mean, I guess it's just a, another attempt at uh, killing transparency. Right. Uh, do you know... And I, my thinking, when something like this happens, we use it to our advantage. We just make sure that we draw additional attention to whatever it is that they're trying to attack. Mm-hmm. So, so this is uh, directly from YouTube that you got this uh, this email or whatever? Or that... I didn't get it from YouTube, but my student did. Okay. okay. I wonder if... Like, I was wondering, like, should people mirror his uh, video, like, download it and post it on their own channels? And I wonder if... Do they face the poten- the potential same repercussions? Is YouTube going to come after them and threaten to close their account or something like that? Possibly. What this would be is one of those situations where if you don't have a very good YouTube account and hardly anyone's watching, you've got that's actually an advantage in this case because you've got nothing to lose. And so mm-hmm. people like that might uh, take it and upload it. I mean, it's, he's already re-uploaded it to Blip TV so people can watch it there. Uh, and but yes, it would be nice, I guess, to see when, whenever somebody um, gets censored it suddenly, whatever gets censored gets more attention. That's the way we should make it be. Right. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I guess you have a pretty good suggestion, Dale, of just uh, making it a point to for other people mirror to, it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, and and I think it's good. You, you, it's actually not that hard to just make another YouTube account. You yeah. might want to do that just to mirror it. And then if they if they cancel that account, they cancel the account. You know, because there's a lot, I know I know people on I've, I've heard cases of people on YouTube where the, you know one account after another gets gets closed down for something and they just open another account and start back up again the word spreads oh they've got an account here and they go there so um it's it's um it's just it's just annoying when you've built up a lot of traffic and you've built up a lot of subscribers and you have to try and get the word out that you're at a new account or whatever right. but but um once someone's reached a certain level of popularity then they just move accounts it seems like they make another one and start back up again uh, I think we should all operate under the assumption that we're going to suffer censorship at some point. Personally, I have never had, I've stuff almost 2,000 vids, and YouTube has never given me any kind of trouble. Um, but again, they're in a tough position probably because the authorities lean on them, and then they don't, you know, they don't, they're not there to take a stand for liberty. They just want to, you know, give people a place to upload videos. Is, right. this, is this the first time that this has happened that you know of, Dave? This is the first time I know of that it's happened to one of my students with a New Hampshire Liberty video. Right. So, yeah. uh, so it's taken a while for this this to happen. I mean, bureaucrats have been recorded for I don't know how many dozens of videos that are out there. Um, so, is there anything in particular about this video that's different than the ones that it didn't happen to that you can tell? Probably the fact that it focuses very heavily on one. Uh, 
security person. I'm not even sure if he'd be considered a bureaucrat or if he's private security working for the Concord Fed. Um, but he's just standing there, and they're asking him questions, and he's politely responding. It's nothing really that sensational. Now, the previous video showed him arresting one of the activists, which was a little more controversial, but this was nothing extremely spectacular that they were trying to get deleted. It's just, you know, relatively important video of another free stater arrest. Right. So you think maybe it was just this one person who filed some sort of complaint that, that just didn't want their face on YouTube for whatever reason? Well, he could have. It could have been someone else. It could have been uh, one of his supervisors. It could have been just someone that doesn't like okay. videos about liberty. I have no idea. But I, I do know that, that I mean, I, I just want to drive additional traffic to my student as a result of this. It's YouTube.com slash BikerBillNH, I guess is the best way to get mm-hmm. to him. Uh, I mean, he has, you know, like a lot of us do, he has a presence in other places besides YouTube. So, you know, if the day comes when YouTube is not letting any of our videos through, we'll still hopefully be able to get our videos through in other areas, other ways. Right. Now, I also saw uh, one of your recent videos said something about a call for a French uh, foreign legion, or not French foreign legion, but a foreign legion um, for the Free Staters. Is, uh, is Is that related to this incident? Uh, no, it just happened to come out at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I am I am looking for uh, YouTubers or you know really anybody who's internet savvy, anyone who's good with PR in any sort of way, who's overseas, especially if they're a foreign citizen. It'd be nice if those people were kind of ready to to keep the world informed of our fate if we get silenced, if free staters in New Hampshire get silenced for some reason. It'd be good to have people overseas that can keep the world informed of what's happening to us. Now, do you uh, think that's a direction we're inclined to go in at this point in the free state movement? Uh, well, we may not go there, but the Fed well, may put yeah. us there, or you, some well, government agency may put us there. If you think about, like, after 9-11, uh-huh. uh, they locked up about 3,000 Muslim activists, so it's conceivable that if they feel they have an excuse or they if they've engaged in some kind of false flag attack or something like mm-hmm. that, I use that as an excuse to round up large numbers of liberty activists. And they might figure out a way to make it difficult for us to spread information, mass information, um, stateside. All right. Uh, Anything else on your mind, Dave? Oh, nothing else I can think of. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Yep. Uh, 603-435-1105. That's the number. Call in. To, uh, tell us your ideas on the uh, Biker Bill situation. More coming up. This is Free Talk, Talk Live. Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105. You can call in and talk about anything you want. Literally anything. I mean, if you're dumb, we might get rid of you, but uh, this is Luther. JJ. And Delbert. And big news happened uh, recently, guys, uh, with WikiLeaks. Wow. Yeah. Drop. They did drop the bomb. Um, this comes from uh, DailyMail.co.uk. Uh, this is the, and the headline says, this is the 9-11 of world diplomacy. WikiLeaks lays bare America's darkest... Excuse me, secrets as Obama is plunged into an international crisis. America uh, was today plunged into an unprecedented diplomatic crisis. It's like there is an echo. (laughs) As its astonishing secret verdicts on governments around the world were revealed in the biggest intelligence leak in history. 
in what was branded the 9-11 of world diplomacy, uh, leaked U.S. embassy cables revealed everything leaked, excuse me, leaked U.S. embassy cables revealed everything from secret discussions on bombing Iran to inappropriate behavior by a member of the British royal family. Um, most seriously for Washington, they also showed the U.S. had ordered a spying operation on diplomats at the United Nations in apparent breach of international law. U.S. staff in embassies around the world were ordered by Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to obtain frequent flyer numbers, credit card details, and even uh, iris scans, fingerprints, and DNA of foreign officials. The whistleblower website WikiLeaks ignored the, a last-minute warning from the Obama administration that going ahead with publication of the first uh, tranche uh, of 250,000 classified documents would put many lives at risk. Uh, this afternoon, the WikiLeaks website crashed. In a Twitter statement, the organization said it was suffering a, dis- a distributed denial-of-service attack, i.e. an effort to make the site unavailable to users, usually by flooding it with requests for data. Um, but the damaging disclosures were already being published by international media. Other disclosures to be dripped out over the next fortnight include... Strong criticism of the U.K.'s military operations in Afghanistan. Attacks on both David Cameron and Gordon Brown, who said it, uh, who, who is said to be branded unstable. Uh, U.S. requests for specific intelligence and individual MPs. Uh, alleged links between the Russian government and organized crime. Deep concern in R- Washington and London over the security of Pakistan's nuclear weapons program. And strong pressure from the West's Arab allies uh, for military strike on Iran. Experts warned that relative uh, <coughs> uh, revelation of repeated private calls from King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia for the United for the United States to attack Iran to destroy its nuclear program and cut off the head of the snake in quotes uh, risked dis, uh, uh, destabilizing the Middle East. President Barack Obama is revealed in one damaging cable as having no feelings for Europe and preferring to look east rather than west. Others reveal withering uh, assessments of the U.S. as long as a long list of world leaders. The U.S. branded France's president Nicolas Sarkozy an emperor with no clothes and a thin-skinned and authoritarian uh, a a thin-skinned and authoritarian personal style. <coughs> Russia's prime minister Vladimir Putin uh, as an alpha dog and Iran's president Mohammad uh, Ahmadinejad. John. What JJ said as Hitler, uh, Silvio Berlusconi. Sorry, all these foreign names uh, of Italy's wild parties were described by U.S. diplomats who called him feckless, vain, and ineffective as a modern European leader. Another dispatch from Rome recorded the view that he was a physically and politically weak leader whose frequent late nights and penchant for partying hard means he does not get sufficient rest. Detailed in another document by Libyan President Muammar uh, Gaddafi's fondness for the for a voluptuous Ukrainian blonde he apparently employs as a nursing sister, and who accompanies him everywhere. So this is pretty much the governments of the world. This is like all their dirty laundry, like all their exploits, just being thrown right out there. Right, it's awesome. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful. Thing. I think people need to <laughs> see like... these governments for what they are. <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah. they. Well, I think it it just proves, especially in the case of the United States, that it, the federal government is a criminal enterprise. I mean, it's it's blatant between the torture 
and the the laws they're breaking as told in these documents and the the blatant amount of uncons- deaths they're responsible for. Oh my God! I I, mean, yeah, the yeah. murder, innocent unconstitutional people. That's war. People. I, I mean, the, the federal government is is clearly it's criminal. It's to its very core. Right. I think you know, and and the taxpayers should realize that giving your money to a criminal enterprise is is morally wrong as well as against the law. So. Right. Well, I like- I'm gonna cut people some slack though. I mean, what they do under duress, I'm not gonna call them immoral for. If you're paying taxes because you don't want to go to jail, you don't want to lose your house. You know, I and and, and especially and uh, you know, uh, but if you don't, it's it's. I think it's a wonderful, you know, I you know, kudos to you for having the the being brave enough. But but I I'm not going to hold it against someone they're paying taxes under duress, right? So, but uh, yeah, I, I see what I, you mean, though. Of course, I mean if you can. Well, you know. I I like how oh, the Obama. Oh, he's giving me an evil look. <laughs> how can I do that? That's, your cut's good. It's coming from Luther. I'm I'm the good look. <laughs> uh. I like how the uh, the Obama administration says that putting these this information out there will put many lives at risk. I mean, that's kind of passing blame. I mean, they're the ones who said this, you know. It's actually going to put a lot of careers at risk. Careers within yeah. the State Department. <laughs> yeah. careers. That, that's that's what, who's really yes. threatened over this is, you know, the people in power. Bureaucrats. Yeah. yeah this is, this oh, is exactly Oh, my heart that. bleeds for you people in power. Mine no, doesn't. It, no, it doesn't. Not really. Not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. Should I continue with all this dirty laundry? I, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all well, it is. The parts I picked up from reading this article and and some of the other ones is that uh, some of the keys that I, I I found were that the Saudi Arabia is at one hand asking the United States to attack Iran and then on the other hand is funding directly the the terrorism, if you will, within Iraq, the Sunni Arabs and their the rebellion. Um, they're they're getting direct funding from from Saudi, so it's like. You want us to attack this country, but you're kind of upset for us still being in this other one. So you're going to fund these guys who are going to attack us. It's kind of <laughs> right. What, what game are you playing? What? That's exactly what it is. It's a it's a war game, you know, and we don't have any say in what happens in these games. Oh, of course not. We're we're just they don't even want us to know about really. They don't want us to know about it. No, they, we're we're just you know pieces in that game. You know, we we get used. That's a violation. I feel violated. And, and and without a doubt, I mean, these games they're playing are inspiring. Are that's the it's the fuel that that the terrorist recruiters use to recruit more terrorists to to hate America. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely the fuel for them. Which isn't to say, you know, which isn't to say anyone deserves it or anything like that. But if but it still it doesn't change the fact that this is really great material for them to use. So quit giving them material. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's 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 also <laughs> highlighting America's. Uh, great fall from from the the moral high ground they once had in the whole scheme of world political ramifications. It's it, you know America has has become the whipping boy for all things that you could do wrong in in the global you know politics hegemony. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just the whole well we're going to torture we're going to conduct illegal wars we're going to try to spy on all of you at the <laughs> same time we're going to. Send our, our Goldman Sachs bankers to come and, and rape your countries with derivatives. And once we've taken all your money, we're going to make you walk to our beat of our drum. And if you don't get it, you know, you don't like it, well, we can bomb it into you or whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're the assholes. And it's it's kind of kind of kind of terrible. It's kind of catching up with us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't the like chickens this. chickens have come home to roost. Man, I shouldn't say us. I mean... <laughs> You know, them. Right. 
Yes, them, right. of course, but there are people that don't that aren't able to separate it, and there right. are smart enough though, people. Though I, I, I heard, and I think it was uh, one of the weekday shows, Mark, I think, excuse me, was reading that uh, most uh, Afghanistans can differentiate between the U.S. people and the U.S. government or something like that. I think there's a clear divide yeah. uh, between the two, a divide. Yeah. 603-435-1105. More coming up. We'll talk about the continuing decline of the American empire as well as whatever you want to talk about. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 603-435-1105. That's number... You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Luther. JJ. And Delbert. And uh, I got a story here that Dale is just hard up for me to read. (laughs) (laughs) I got a piece of pumpkin pie waiting for me at home. Mm, So apparently this comes from uh, uh, Slashdot.org. It's going to go to waste, too. Yep. Um, Dr. (sighs) Alan Hirsch, director of Chicago's Smell and Taste Treatment and Research Center says the key to a man's heart and other parts is pumpkin pie. Out of the 40 odors tested in Hirsch's study, a mixture of lavender and pumpkin pie got the biggest rise out of men 18 to 64. Don't bumped. We're talking about, yeah. (laughs) That particular fragrance was found to increase penile flow, or blood flow, excuse me, by an average of 40%. Maybe the odors acted (laughs) to reduce anxiety. By reducing anxiety, it acted to remove inhibitions," said Hirsch. That's good because I've got a lot of inhibitions, as you guys, as you guys know. Oh yeah, 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 you do. Yeah, Dale, you're such a prude. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> Sarcasm's one of them. JJ's already gayed out for the night. You, oh, it doesn't take much around you, Dale. <laughs> just from the just from the talk and the break. You know? <laughs> When we got to when we got to super gay in Mexico City, one of the, one of the real life superheroes in the registry. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were some great superheroes pink spandex on here. and his gigantic bulge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, the, what some... the listeners don't know is I walked into the the talk of pumpkin pie right at the beginning and the, as the <laughs> the commercials were playing. Right. And that since then it's been. Now I make pumpkin gooey cake, which is like. That was pretty good. I had so much that. more decadent than it's pumpkin really pie. Rich, like, yeah. is pretty, that is that better? Very pleasurable. I don't know. Just because it's sweeter is not necessarily better. But <laughs> I, I it is it, sweeter. It has an entire box of powdered sugar in it. Yeah, I actually I I liked it a lot, but it is rich. You can't eat very much of it. I, you I, can't. I think I prefer regular pumpkin pie. You can't, and I only know how to make that much. Okay. So I, I always have to like get rid of it fast. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and you left it at, our, at my house, and we ate some more the next day. <laughs> good. Good. Did it go to waste, Dale? Uh, well, he came no. and got. I got, came and got, got what was left, left and it's. Yeah. I think I that's have not one. what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. When I, it's his New Hampshire. Of course, it went to waste. That's a, that's that's sad, Dale. It's never a waste, Dale. <laughs> so I have a, a serious story. We've kind of been going, you know, funny, so serious, that, that's funny, it? serious. The pumpkin pie gives that's you boners. It. That's it. Yeah. Okay, guys, pumpkin pie gives you boners. So no, that's alleged. Pie. Okay, ladies, well, depending on your physiology, pumpkin pie and lavender. And you only have to smell it. You don't have to eat it. So there's no. you don't have to consume empty calories. Just yeah. smell it. So next time you want to get in the mood, maybe turn the lights down low. Put on a little little sexy music. Get your, get your lady's favorite laundry on. Everyone and, thought it was and, raw oysters. And cook pumpkin pie until the cows come home. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm glad to hear that it's pumpkin pie and not raw oysters. Actually. Yeah, I actually don't like raw, 
Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> we can take your calls, or we can go on to this story I have, unless you guys have something. Well, I, I have stuff that I've told you about. But okay, I forget what it was. Want. Well, I've got like uh, information overload de- uh, factoids, which are quite fascinating. Oh, yeah, that was actually pretty interesting. If you just want to play, th- play that and read them off, this is yeah. a video you found on YouTube, right? And I've heard of it before. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, are you not ready with it? I am ready. Okay. I'm ready right now. So, did you know, if you're one in a million in China, there are 1,300 others just like you. <laughs> but there's a lot of people in China. <laughs> China will soon be the number one English-speaking country in the world. The 25% of India's population with the highest IQs is greater than the total population of the United States. Translation, India has more honors, honors kids than America has kids. Wow. Damn. Did you know uh, the top 10 in-demand jobs in 2010 did not exist in 2004? Hmm. I'm we are currently are. preparing students for jobs that don't yet exist using technologies that haven't been invented in order to solve problems we don't even know are problems yet. The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that today's learner will have 10 to 14 jobs by the age of 38. And one in four workers has been in the, with their current employer for less than a year, and one in two has been there less than five years. Did you know one out of eight couples married in the U.S. last year met online? I've known a few. There are over 200 million registered users on MySpace. This is as of... Let's see. If MySpace were a country, it would be the fifth largest in the world between Indonesia and Brazil. This is as of 2008, by the way, when this came out. <laughs> so it's probably already a little outdated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and uh, it's going to it's, it's gonna get into exponential growth in a moment here. The number one ranked country in broadband internet penetration is Bermuda. Number 19, the United States. Hmm. Number 22, Japan. That's surprising, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everyone would assume the United States led that. Right. Not... Some island. (laughs) Right. Did you know we are living in exponential times? Google, there are 31 billion searches on Google every month. Remember, this is as of 2008. In 2006, this number was 2.7 billion. To whom were these questions addressed? BG, before Google. (laughs) The first commercial text message was sent in December of 1992. And today, the number of text messages messages sent and received every day exceeds the total population of the planet. (laughs) Years it took to reach a market audience of 50 million. The radio, 38 years. The TV, 13 years. Internet, 4 years. iPod, 3 years. Facebook, 2 years. The number of internet devices in 1984 was 1,000. The number of internet devices in 92 was 1 million. The number of internet devices in 2008 is 1 billion. (laughs) There are about 540,000 words in the English language. About five times as many as during Shakespeare's time. Uh, It is estimated that a week's worth of the New York Times contains more information than a person was likely to come across in a lifetime in the 18th century. It is estimated that four exabytes of unique information will be generated this year. An exabyte is four times ten to the 19th. That is more than the previous 5,000 years. 
the amount of new technical information is doubling every two years. For students starting a four-year technical degree, this means that half of what they learn in their first year of study will be outdated by their third year of study. NTT Japan has successfully tested a fiber optic cable that pushes 14 trillion bits per second down a single strand of fiber. That is 2,660 CDs or 210 million phone calls every second. It is currently tripling every six months and is expected to do so for the next 20 years. By 2013, a supercomputer will be built that exceeds the computational capabilities of the human brain. Predictions are that by 2049, a $1,000 computer will exceed the computational capabilities of the entire human species. Um, someone and, I, I don't usually like to talk about the chat, but someone in the chat is saying, talk nerdy to me, Dale Bear. <laughs> this is good stuff. for some, we got some really nerdy oh, people listening geeky. to the show. <laughs> okay, during the course of this presentation, 67 babies were born in the United States. 274 babies were born in China. 395 babies were born in India. I bet that's already changed in the last two years. And mm-hmm. 694,000 songs were downloaded illegally. <laughs> I want people to think about that. Everyone who's trying to preserve some kind of free market version of copyright, you know, uh, yeah. it, it ain't going to happen. It's not. Uh, it's... You, you, may, you may as well, you know, you, you may as well try to breed unicorns. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you're living a fantasy if you think that copyright is going to exist in any kind of form, in, you know, free market form. I know people say, well, the, uh, the, uh, United, the, 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 the violent United States government version of copyright uh, is bad, but that you know, but there needs to be a free market version. It, it's not going to happen. It's, no. it's not going to. There's no not way you can't control information to not that degree. Not virtual. Not not especially not virtual right. uh, products. Yeah, it's not even, it, even with the even with the violent police state we have. It ain't, it doesn't work. I don't no. know why someone thinks that the free. Well, I mean, I know that certain things in a free market, or most things in a free market, are, are going to work better. But right. the fact of the matter is that you just can't. You know, you can't make copying something illegal and or make copying something right. you know i i have pretty strong opinions about that because i'm a musician and a songwriter okay, occasionally i don't write much but like mm-hmm. yeah i, I mean I, I don't expect to make money off this ever and like there are ways i can make money off of the, it. your best chances of making money off of it will be if you let people copy your stuff like crazy yeah and distribute it all over the place and get a name for yourself out there yeah now, like, you may not make the money that a huge band well, makes right now with copyright but you know that's that's been true. Blessed true. By the I mean, a lot of that is promotion, which is basically the music industry is made up of two parts: musicians and the music industry. And the music industry is just a big corporation of uh, you know suits and pencil pushers who don't know anything about music. You know, right. they just push it, push it, push it. You know, whatever is hot at the at that moment. You know, yeah. it's all about selling. It's all about mon- keeping a monopoly on it. Yeah, too. Well, wanna, and it always has been. Yeah, I want to talk about like well. I'll more until we get back. Yeah. All right, more coming up. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back. This is the final hour of Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. You can call in and talk about anything you want. This is Luther. JJ. And Delbert. And, excuse me. Um, hey, everybody. Go to english.freetalklive.com if you would like to make 20 to $30 an hour all online. 
from your home. You'll be conducting English conversations on Skype with folks from other countries like Japan, for example. So get this. They will pay you handsomely to help keep up their already learned English. Let's say Kaiko from Japan knows that if she doesn't use it, she will lose it. She needs you for your natural English speaking gift. So get the ebook and discover how to find these passionate people who will pay you to talk who will pay to talk to you on Skype. So check out english.freetalklive.com and start your own online English conversation business. That's english.freetalklive.com. You'll love yourself for it. So, Dale, uh you got a little more of uh, well, useless... I had a thought about the information overload, because like, one thing I was wondering about, one thing I've noticed that's dramatically different uh, just in my recent lifetime is how if you have a, if there's a word you don't know or uh, some factoid uh, mm-hmm. or some, of, something, of some such, if someone mentions something and you don't know what it is and mm-hmm. you're curious... You can like instantly look it up now. Like you yeah. just get on a computer and boom, there's. And it's find even it. more so with smartphones. I mean, you take it yeah. with you. Exactly, and I wonder how, how will this affect our culture <laughs> over you know the over the entire right. world, like the interconnectedness of the world and people's understanding of other people around the world, and how you know I was thinking of things like that. Now, JJ, you mentioned during the break that it's making us stupider. Well, we in, in a way, I think the the challenge of solving problems is is much. Uh, diminished because people can find this solution so quickly and easily on the internet. Um, so, it, it's some some cases, looking for answers to problems and going through and pouring through over uh, various sources will give you a much greater breadth of knowledge because you're you're looking at much uh, you know different. You're learning about more than just what you're learning. You're looking for, sure. If, if you understand what okay. I'm saying. Whereas if you can get just the definitive answer to that exact question, then that's all you're going to learn. Whereas uh, if you had to do more research, I think it, it also I, depends on the question. I guess I question. can see that too, the, how it, it can affect the individual that way. But looking at it in terms of affecting a whole society, a whole bunch of people who aren't necessarily inclined to go do a bunch of research to find the answer to a problem. you know. But if they can get the answer, they'll go get it. And it's like... You know, I see the you know benefits, I mean? as you talked about. I believe that the, the disbursement of information is very healthy. I think that's that's great. I think um, many of the other uh, ideas of the Internet, um, the art that's there and the, the ability to share your art and to get criticism and feedback, um, the ability to make money on the Internet is awesome, things of that nature. But there's a lot of it that simplifies um, the problems too easily, I think, if... If we want people to learn and to grow and to understand more than just the answer, but to understand the concept behind that answer so they can take that same concept and apply it to other functions. Well, I can't say you can't get that from the Internet. I mean... I'm sure you could find it if that's what your goal is. But if your goal is to find the answer... You could also work out, you know, problem-solving skills, you know, by looking it up. I mean, sometimes where to look it up isn't always... So obvious, you can't like not everything will come up come up on a Google search. Like not not always specifically what you're looking for. Not right now, but you right. might get better and better over time. I don't know. I've taught myself a lot of things just from reading Wikipedia and uh, you know googling mm-hmm. stuff. Like uh, well, I definitely feel like you know I I feel like the 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 tools available now have made me a lot less ignorant than I was pre-internet right. times. You know, I mean. It, it, especially like you know, you know, if you think about, I, I'm one of the things I'm thinking about is like you get this very filtered version of history in a public school, in a mm-hmm. government school, 
And uh, and now, you know, if someone's curious, you know, there's a lot more information, a lot more different viewpoints available. They can imme- immediately look up if it's, if it's not in their textbook, mm-hmm. you know, what the, then you can look up stuff and find out things that you might not otherwise have, have ever heard about. Uh, I, Stuff like that. I, I feel it's going to shake up the uh, institution of traditional schooling, and I think that's a good thing. I've never oh, been yeah. a fan of it. Um, yeah, I hope so. I think any change to that that system is good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really like institutions in general. Like, It kind of falls in with tradition for me. I mean, just doing something for right. the sake that it's been done mm-hmm. that and way. And not questioning why. That's the right. way it's always done. Just do it. Mm. This is how we do. Right. <clears throat> So, did you want to continue on with the little factoids? Nope. Or? That was no. Nope, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, well, I have uh, this. I got off of freetalklive dot com. Uh, you can go there. You can post stuff. You know, and uh, if it gets voted up, we might read it. You know, it's a good source for show prep for us. And uh, I found this there. This is from uh, therawstory dot com. Uh, Think Tank says ninety two percent of Afghans never heard of nine eleven. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, and you know, yeah, we're there because oh, those Afghans, they caused 9/11. We have to stop them. Like I I like the apologists. Well, I don't like them, but like I like how apologists will uh will say, "Oh, well, you know, Iraq's wrong, but Afghanistan, we should absolutely be there because they attacked us." Right, right. <laughs> and these people Who's don't they? even Yeah, these people most the of people... these Afghanistanians <laughs> don't don't even know what 9/11 is. Right. It's it's like there's so much hell has been wrecked upon that com- country <laughs> and, and it's like we, they don't even know why they don't know they right. don't have any understanding it's it's <laughs> phenomenal fewer than one in ten afghans are aware of the 9-11 attacks and their percep- uh, precipitation of uh, the war in afghanistan says a study from the internet from an international think tank and i wish it would give that name uh, okay here we go uh, a report from the international council on security and development uh, shows that 92% of those surveyed had never heard of the coordinated multiple attacks on U.S. soil on September 11, 2001. It also shows that 4 in 10 Afghans believe the U.S. is on their soil in order to destroy Islam or occupy Afghanistan. That's what I was going to ask you, is if they ask them, okay, well, what do you think, why do you think America's here? Well, isn't that why Americans think the terrorists attacked? Like, because they want to destroy the West and Christianity. And yeah, they, just, they, they hate our freedoms. Yeah, they hate, oh yeah, they hate our freedoms. I love that excuse, you know. Right. One day, once upon a time, Osama bin Laden was sitting in his cave, and one of his underlings came to him with the Bill of Rights and said, Oh, Osama, look at this. And he said, Oh my, we have to put a stop to this, you know, this can't go on. There's <laughs> really incredible ignorance on both sides, and it's perpetuated by the people, the authority figures on both sides, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure there's, like I said, the, the terrorist recruiters over there are saying, they're trying to destroy Islam, you know? Right, right. So, uh, and which, regardless of whether that's our actual motives, that's, you know, as long as we're over there, that's what they're... Their leaders are going to the terrorists, uh, the people trying to promote terrorism. That's what they're going to use. Right, it, it's going to fuel more terrorism the same way that you know terrorists are going to fuel more war hawks. You know, more. Uh, yeah, and it's just going to go on <laughs> in great... a vicious, vicious cycle for who knows. Um, to be sure, the survey can't claim to be definitive. It only canvassed men and relied primarily on respondents from Helmand and Kandahar. Uh, the two most war-torn provinces in the country. But the results nonetheless show that Western forces fighting insurgents in Afghanistan have largely failed to connect with the local population. We need to explain to the Afghan... Is that what you get from it? Uh. We need to explain to the Afghan people why we are here and both sh- and both show and convince them that their future is better with us 
than with the Taliban. <laughs> ICOS lead field uh, researcher Noreen McDonald said in a statement, Okay, that seems a little ignorant. <laughs> Just pull out. Stop complicating things. Just get out of there. Well, and, and then the, uh, the, the note, uh, I saw an article that said that we've reached the point now where we've been there as long as the Soviets were there in, yeah. in the Afghanistan. Uh, and it's just, it's comical to see this continuing. And, and in light of the troop withdrawal from Iraq and the fact that most of those troops were re- redeployed within Afghanistan, uh, the war that started before Iraq, it's just, uh, you know, the the industrial military complex deal is just trying to eke every little dollar they can out of the situation <laughs> while it's yeah. still going on. Now, I'm kind of out of the loop. Have have they actually been pulling troops out of Iraq? Like, I heard him make the statement. Yeah, like eight of them. Yeah, some some of them. Yeah, I heard him make eight the statement. Nine. Combat eight has officially guys. ended in Iraq in the Iraqi theater. It's over. That's right. <laughs> Mission accomplished, part two. Peace <laughs> from bullets. <laughs> All right, we have a little more on this coming up. Uh, 603-435-1105. We'll also be taking your calls. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can call in, talk about anything you want. This is Luther. JJ. And Delbert. And some uh, rather surprising information. Uh, apparently, nine out of every ten Afghanistans don't know about 9-11. And, uh, I guess Shocking. I, yeah. You know, <laughs> we're there. Or the army is there, I should say. Fighting, you know, them people. Burning their their broadband broadband penetration must not be as good as Bermuda's. That's right. <laughs> I blame the mountains. <laughs> the survey also suggests that Afghans are skeptical of their own government's ability to protect, to protect them and have little regard for the fledging democratic institutions the country is building. Fully 43% could not name one positive aspect of democracy, and nearly two-thirds, 61%, said they didn't think Afghan forces would be able to keep up the fight against the Taliban if and when Western forces withdrew. The ICOS study recommends a publicity campaign to explain to Afghans why foreign forces are fighting on their soil. Uh, The think tank also proposes a number of other initiatives meant to improve the image of foreign forces in the country, including having NATO forces deliver humanitarian aid where aid groups fear to travel, providing farmland to the poor, setting up women's councils and safe village convoys, which would see foreign troops escort villagers in dangerous rural areas. ICOS has a permanent presence in Afghanistan and has been studying the nearly decade-long war's impact on Afghan society. The think tank has previously proposed that Afghanistan license the growing of opium. The group argues that eliminating the... uh, the opiate trade from Afghanistan is virtually impossible due to the entrenched place in its culture... At the same time, Afghan farmers could earn money by selling opiates to painkiller manufacturers. Uh, Opponents of the idea say that Afghanistan is not stable enough to develop a proper opium manufacturing industry, and a licensing scheme would only encourage the sale of opium to heroin manufacturers. Well, Well, 
That's their really. That's really their only cash crop in that in that uh, right in the region of the world, right there. Right, and they want to make it illegal there because it's illegal here. Right. I yeah, mean, well, that's we want. They America wants to govern the whole world. Right. They want to. They basically. I mean. It'll well, be under a pretense. Oh, we need to establish a democratic government there. Well, we know yeah. you don't need to be. It's none of your business. Yes. Right. Everybody has the right to self-governance. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but the, the the whole idea of creating a government in this place so that we can have some sort of in in this country. Right. So, yeah. so oh, that's what it's about. A, now, a puppet. Exactly. Government. It's exactly instead of instead of letting them be what they are. I mean, it's clear if the Afghanistan's. Uh, population wants to to have a Taliban sort of regime somewhere in that country. Not saying it's ruling the whole thing, but that, that that's what they're going to have. I mean, until we kill all those people that want that, it's going to happen. And I don't see us going there and killing all those people. It's right. It's just pointless. In fact, that would probably make more terrorism. Exactly. Oh yeah. And it is. It does. I mean, <clears throat> us being there, you know, that just pisses more people off. Yeah, and then they want to blow up their underpants. Right. You should live the way we live because it's the right way to live. Don't you know? Well, and, and and that's the beef that we have with them, right? That they want right. to push Islam on us, you know? But we're trying to push our government on them. Who's ever come to you know? your door and said, hey, man, check out Islam, you know? No one. No. I uh, know. It's usually, hey, man, have you heard the good I'm word? Sure, well, that's just it. I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's a faction of, like, radical yeah. Islamists. Yeah, that, just like that, there is for Christianity. I mean, sure, not every Christian is banging down my door. There's a faction that Islam on everyone. But, yeah. But they're not, you know, uh, us, like, we don't need to wipe out, like, we don't need to dominate their entire country to prevent that from happening. It's, no. you know, it's it's not that. And that, we'd, that, we'd have to. It's pretty ridiculous. We'd have to do it to more than just Afghanistan because, you know, Islam, kind of a big religion. Yeah. <laughs> kind of all over the world, you know. Yeah. So there you have it. That's the news. Yeah, war. What is it good for? Absolutely, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, nothing. Yeah, zip. I thought I might have something clever to add to that. Like, oh yeah, war is good for. No. Well, there's a. If you ever seen those counter protesters, I think I'm trying to remember what they're called. They're like a conservative protesting group. They're that not want really war. No, they're like um, I, I I I I was a fan of them a little bit back when I was still an apologist for the Republicans. I was still sort of a Republican myself, but they're called. I'm trying to remember what they're called. Oh, I can't remember. But they basically go to these like liberal war protests and stuff. Uh, which, which they're predominantly liberal, and they say war never solved anything except for slavery and a whole bunch of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, which yeah. is more know, lies. Yeah, more lies. But right, but, you know, and and then they're mocking the people who are anti-war, right, and saying that you know war is good. That, yeah, well, you need it. You war need does it. good it's things. Necessary. You got to do some. Do We're some defending war. our freedoms. Which yeah, is, which is when, when in fact, if you look at each of the of the cases that they talked about, it's it's it it's really is very questionable. Yeah. Highly questionable. Yeah, I mean shenanigans. Uh, if you look at the the devastation that the even slavery, you know, everyone says, "What? How can you not want? You know, how yeah, can you well, be opposed to a war that ended slavery? The war didn't end slavery. No, and it probably would have ended in time anyway. It, it would have ended uh, in, in 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 better ways. You know, they ended slavery in other parts of the world without wars. And, right. My so, only question about that, including whole, the northern United didn't States, have to kill, you like, know, they had slavery the too for a while. Yeah, exactly. And the war didn't end that either. No. So. Well, it's it's like that that whole argument of of the civil rights who, uh, you know, not civil rights, but civil war and, and the slavery. It's just like, well, why did it take so many years for for Lincoln to 
to you know give the Emancipation Proclamation. Why, right. why didn't he just give it right if, away? Yeah, if that's what the war was about, it would have yeah, been wasn't about that. Yeah, yeah. And why, you had and, a comic about this, Dale. Yeah, uh, at Anarchy in Your Head that I liked, where he was like a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. At first, he's talking about how the only reason he wants to go to war is to collect taxes, which was true. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "Hmm, people don't like this war." And he flat out said, "I'm not, I'm not yeah. out to stop your slavery. You know? yeah, and yeah, I don't have yeah. any business stopping your slavery. I don't have the authority to do it. I don't have any right to do it. Uh, it's yeah. not my bu- none and of my business." And the Civil War changed all that. It gave the federal government he, all kinds yeah. of authority. No, it didn't oh, yeah. give them anything. They, they took, took it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They claimed the authority. Yes, Lincoln. Lincoln had had uh, liberal journalists thrown into jail, locked up without any due process because he didn't agree with what they were printing. Yeah. Or a- anybody who was... Uh, he had suspended habeas corpus? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, free, yeah. You know, like, what, what's the point of setting people free if you're going to enslave everybody yeah. equally? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. So, anyway. There's, it, it didn't actually. It didn't actually free anyone. No. The, if you, the way you, if you, he worded the, cause, it because he, he, yeah, he only freed slaves in the South so that they would fight against uh, the South, like right. join them in fighting. So, and you know, in the beginning, a lot of the slaves and free blacks were for the South who lived in the South. You know? Yeah. Like they, they wanted to start their own regiments, and a lot of well, them and did so, start because, volunteer regiments, but they couldn't join and, the army. And because they had seceded, yeah, they, they, his it didn't mean anything anyway. Right. Like he, he didn't have any power down there. At the time, at least, until right. he fought the war. And then, so it didn't free anyone. And then he didn't free anyone in the North. He mm-hmm. didn't free slaves in the North. He only freed slaves in the South. Yeah. And then, uh, um, and I'm trying to think, like, it didn't actually free. He never freed any slaves. Like, the, all, the slaves got freed eventually, but it wasn't because of the, right. what he did. And they probably would have in the Confederacy anyway. I mean, Robert E. Lee was an outspoken abolitionist. You know, he wanted an immediate end to slavery. Mm. Uh, Jefferson Davis wanted a gradual end to slavery. Yeah, you know Stonewall Jackson. It was on. It's, it was happening. Stonewall it, Jackson it, taught one of his slaves to read and helped him escape through the Underground Railroad. I mean, yeah, the, I can't buy that the, the Civil War was all the, about slavery. I, I think it's. Movement I think it's place, wrong and... to to downplay the importance of slavery ending. But you know, it could have been done without war. Oh, I, absolutely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, you know, same amount of effort, but not put into the into such violence. It could have Slavery been. bad, freedom good. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Six zero three four three five eleven zero five. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435-1105. That's the number. You can go ahead and call in, talk about, you know, this, that, and the other. Anything, really. This is Luther. JJ. And Delbert. And, well, we were talking about slavery, but Dale, you have a little This is more important than slavery. This is six things you won't believe can brainwash you on election day. The cracked article! There it is. I was wondering where that would rear its ugly head in this episode. Well, you know, we got to pay homage to crack. Of course. So, uh, so this is actually. Um, oh, I'm on the wrong page. Just one second. <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll just make fun of Dale, JJ. <laughs> look at that hat. I I'm know. I have, oh, I had it linked. I had linked onto the. First, look at uh, his. Look at his page. gut. Wait, so, wait. What? Oh my how can you see his? So, the six things you won't believe can brainwash you on Election Day. When a politician tells us that he'll stick to his beliefs when in office, we usually murmur something about corporate interests and the fat cats in City Hall. Well, it turns out the politicians are the ones who should be cynical about us. Science is finding that some pretty weird stuff can make us forget what we stand for on Election Day. At least the politicians are being swayed by briefcases full of cash. With us, it can be things as simple as... 
who weighs more? Number six is who weighs more? Ever since JFK outsexied Nixon during the first ever televised presidential debates, looks have mattered in politics. Studies have shown that more attractive politicians get greater press coverage and more airtime. And, of course, the best thing you can do if you are a lady politician is hit the gym. But looks also matter in ways you might not expect when it comes to which politicians people vote for. And being the most attractive isn't always the most important thing. Uh, When it comes to men, being fit and attractive is helpful, but nothing compared to being overweight. Apparently, voters see more rotund male candidates as more trustworthy and even more inspiring than their thinner competition. Other very detailed studies have shown that we tend to favor men with specific facial characteristics, which basically boils down to voting for more distinguished-looking gentlemen as opposed to baby-faced candidates. If uh, it doesn't matter, even it doesn't even matter what the candidates' policies are. Studies show that when people are presented with pictures of politicians for even a second and know absolutely nothing about the politicians' beliefs. Or what party they are in, certain candidates will always come out on top. And since that's the first thing you find out about a candidate, some guys are coming from behind to begin with. According to a study at MIT, this phenomenon isn't limited by where you vote. People in different countries continually find certain candidates more trustworthy and electable based on their looks. So no matter how different their cultures, and as long as these politicians are guys, it is the chubby yet distinguished looking ones every time. Hmm. Who would have thought the chubby being chubby helps you in politics? Right. <laughs> I thought it would be, you know, young. Right, the judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that know. probably hurt me when I was running for office because everyone thought I was still in college or something. Like, I was actually like <laughs> mid-30s. You do look really young, Dale. That's true. I, I was like mid-30s and people were saying, oh, are you going? where do you go to school? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not in school. I, I have a master's degree f- from years ago. I, I actually <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Ambiguous. <laughs> I graduated many, many years ago from Georgia Tech when I was 29 years old. I was actually late graduating, but oh, I yeah. had people thinking I was in my 20s or something. I I, had, I grow out my beard because I look like I'm like 12 <laughs> when I don't have one. Yeah, I have the same thing when I shave. I look very, very much younger. Uh, yeah. And uh, number five is is where you vote. Anyone who has voted knows that the government isn't picky about what constitutes a public polling place. The motto seems to be, if it would be considered slightly below average for a weekly bingo game, it's good enough for the linchpin of democracy. (laughs) (laughs) On election day, you might find yourself voting anywhere from a supermarket parking lot to some dude's garage, as long as it can fit some uh, curtained cubicles and a couple of old ladies making sure you don't cheat off your neighbor. (laughs) So, in addition to making you What'd you get for answer number one? (laughs) In addition to making you feel worse about America, the location where you cast your ballot might actually be brainwashing you with subtle environmental factors you don't even notice. For instance, studies have shown that if your local polling place is a school, you will vote yes for more school initiatives on the ballot, especially if there are teachers or students nearby. Wow. Using exit polling data, the studies found that this was the case even if the measures were not something the voters would typically support. It's difficult to get too outraged at those fat cat public school students who tricked you into paying for new textbooks. But a more recent study found... That sounds a little bit liberal bias, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a more recent study found that churches, which are the most common polling locations in America, can make you turn in a ballot that is more conservative than your actual beliefs. The study found that people casting their ballots in churches were more likely to vote against propositions supporting gay marriage and abortion rights. Now... Even if those votes conflicted with their beliefs. Yeah. Wait. Even if it conflicts with their beliefs? Yes. The same goes with these schools, too. And well, schools. Like if you're if normally, how does like, that oh, work? Like, Who would be that stupid? A they lot they of feel people, pressured apparently. by the social a atmosphere. Lot of 
the atmosphere they're in. I mean, that's what the whole point of this article is, is that there's some really surprising things that impact your vote. I, you know, I, I know we have free will and all. I think we need more spines is what we need. We have free will, but we, we kind of don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, kinda, we have free will, but there's we kind of don't. There's always peer pressure out in, there to incredibly act reactive certain, creatures. Yeah, there's always peer pressure to act a certain way. I mean... That's but just this weird. is like they don't even. No one even knows what you're voting, right? Like, but this is impacting people's votes, you know. That's so. Here's one note to marijuana enthusiasts: as much as the voters enjoy your Peter Tosh cover band's legalize it charity concert and space cookie <laughs> bake sale, if you really want to make a difference, you should lobby to move the voting booths out back behind the school and church dumpster. There we go. Wow. <laughs> that should jog a few memories in the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> it does for me. I mean, wow. Uh, this is a funny one. Number four is sports results. Not only do Americans pay more attention to BSC, BCS polls than the ones pertaining to the electoral process, the outcome of college football games can determine how we vote in the elections that actually matter. Even if you're not into that football, or even if you're not that into football, if you live in a town that identifies itself with a particular team, scientists say that whether that team wins or loses can swing the vote by up to 5%. According to one study, this phenomenon significantly improved President Obama's approval rating during the 2009 NCAA basketball tournament. To get an idea of how this works, hmm. <laughs> uh, let's look at the state of Nebraska on Saturday, October 30th. Three days before the 2010 elections, 81,067 Nebraskans traveled to Lincoln to watch their team take on sixth-ranked sixth ranked Missouri. Put that in perspective, if the Cornhuskers Memorial Stadium was a city, for a few hours on game day, it would be the third largest in the entire state. When the guys in red pulled off an upset, a healthy dose of dopamine started rocketing around the brains of a sizable portion of the state's population. Scientists have found that the dopamine delivered by a win can last days, and it's not difficult to imagine how it can be contagious. The boss might be uh, the only person in the office who's into football, but his good mood on Monday puts everyone else in a good mood. The entire office goes home and puts the rest of their families in a good mood. Pretty soon, the entire state of Nebraska is walking into the boating booth with their heads in a giant golden cloud of dopamine. Hmm. Uh, all because of a football game. Because of a football and game. And the opposite, of course, is true as well if the I, team had lost. I imagine so. Yes. And this is where one guy gets to surf into office on the back of a bunch of athletes he's never met. While a statewide high doesn't favor Democrats or Republicans, it does make the people of that state less likely to fire someone or in electoral politics to vote against an incumbent running for re-election. Dopamine also makes us more likely to feel good about the state of the world. In a variety of studies, scientists found in such situations people were up to 5% more likely to vote for incumbent candidates. With the variation depending not on how good a, co- a job the incumbent did, but on how big an upset the game was. Hmm. Disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, how many people? Uh, how much longer? Do, how many people out there still believe in free will? Call in six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Okay, uh, number three, the order the names are listed in. I, I have heard that one. If you're on the top, I have you're, too. you're more yeah. likely to get. Let's face it. You probably don't know enough about every name on the ballot to make an educated vote. Sure, the position of city comptroller is probably really important, but your favorite news channel didn't tell you how to vote on that one. <laughs> Uh, the the lo- the logical thing to do would be to simply skip that part of the ballot, but of course you won't. You're just going to randomly pick someone, and the chances are that person will be one of the first people listed. The reason comes down to the fact that we as humans just accept what we see or experience first. If you're taste testing two sodas, you're more likely to think the first one tastes better. And on a ballot, you're more likely to let the guy listed first run the public schools you send your kids to. Now, I have seen an exception to this. Hmm. 
Penn and Teller did a study, uh, or this, I, I, no, sorry, not a study. It was totally not scientific, but they did a, a little test where they were testing uh, colognes mm-hmm. on like twin men, men who are twins. Yeah. And they had I women say, one. which one did you like better? And they always liked the second guy better, no matter the clone. Yeah. And that's, they were saying it's because the first guy warmed them up. And they were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know. 603-435-1105. We got more coming up. Uh, one more segment on the way. You can still make your calls. Talk about anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 603-435. That's the number. Call in. Moments remain. You can talk about it, whatever you want. We really don't care. But if you don't, we're going to talk about what we want to. And we got Dale. Oh, I'm JJ. sorry. This is Luther. <laughs> JJ. And Dalebert. <laughs> yeah. And Dale, you're talking about... Uh, and, and, you know, I noticed on the on the week shows, Mark and Ian won't always do that. They won't always cycle through, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such an integral part of the show. Like people who listen to it, they like, do it less and less. A- it seems like when I was first started co-hosting, they they did it a lot more often. Yeah, hardly ever missed it. But now they don't do it as much. Yeah, yeah. And, and people, it, and the problem it, is, people don't know who they're talking to. Right. It's a tragedy. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we over. should do it like every every Melodrama. minute, every minute of every segment. This is JJ. People. I'll stop in the case middle they're of the in. sentence. I'm gonna stop. The, oh, and this is Delbert. You know, <laughs> in the middle sure. of reading the article. So, Delbert, you got a. Uh, well, I just said that. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the six things that voters uh, that you won't believe brainwash you on when you're elected. And I voting. can't believe some of it. Like it's yeah, it's well, ridiculous. We just mentioned that people vote for their first name on a list if they don't know much about what's who the who those people are. So. Uh, Stanford researchers looked at election results over 10 years and found that coming first on the ballot increased the candidate's voting total by an average of 2%. That's a lot. And, and votes are usually swung by just about that much, yeah, 2 or 3%. So, uh, and it's not just the unimportant elections. The research suggested that, uh, that as many as nine congressional races would have gone the other way if the second-place candidate had been listed above the guy who is currently a member of Congress. It's such a well-known problem that some states randomize the ballot order to counteract the effect. For instance, in the 2000 presidential election, California randomized the order based on district. So everyone in Sacramento might have seen George Bush's name last, while everyone in San Francisco might have seen him first. Of course, at the presidential level, that's more than a little insulting. We might vote for Aaron A. Aronson as the best choice for village idiot, but it's not like it's going to sway who we choose to run the whole freaking country, right? Well, it's not like we choose anyway. No. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, Bush got 9% more votes in districts where he was listed first than in the assembly districts where he was listed last. In Florida, (laughs) the president. Okay, in Florida, which a lot of people just only vote for the presidency. That's like the only thing they vote, mm-hmm. they go to vote for. And then yeah. they'll vote for the other stuff because it's there, but they don't know anything about it, right? Right. Because it's random. So in Florida, which determined the election by an incredible, incredibly small margin, Bush was listed first every time. If Florida had mixed the districts like California does, it's almost certain that Gore would have won. That's the presidency of the United States determined by the fact that we don't have the patience to read past the first two-syllable name. Regardless of how you feel about how things turned out, You've got to admit that it's pretty ballsy of anyone on this side of the equation to be calling him retarded. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number two is the weather. I've heard this one, too. Mm -hmm. I always heard um, the way I'd always heard it as when I was back active in Republican Party was that, uh, you know, Republicans will put on scuba gear if there's a flood to get to the polls. Uh And so they always so the idea is Republicans pray for rain. Right. Uh, But then it depends on who you talk to. You'll hear it different. You know, I'm sure there's. 
But there's an old saying that Republicans should pray for rain on Election Day. People from low-income areas have to walk or take public transportation to get to the polls. When it rains, a rich guy can just put on his J. Crew rain slicker and galoshes, throw his SUV in four-wheel drive, and pay a poor person to hold an umbrella over his head while he waits in line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> pay a poor person. <laughs> I do believe there's a little bit of exaggeration there, but uh, a group of political scientists published a paper in which they analyzed election results by district from 1948 on and found that weather played a statistically significant role in election results. How significant? Well, if November 2, 1960 hadn't been an uncommonly clear day across the country, John F. Kennedy might still be alive today. But bad weather isn't always good news for Republicans. When things go wrong, it's common for people to blame the government for things that even the most jaded libertarian would have to agree probably aren't the government's fault. For decades, scientists have been studying the possibility that people blame those in power for natural disasters. Even though we're pretty sure no government in in the world is yet capable of controlling the weather, although they are working on it, it turns out that voters tend to blame the incumbent candidate for any recent earthquakes, floods, or hurricanes, and are more likely to elect the opponent. It doesn't matter if the candidate does a good job of supplying aid and other support after the hurricane or flood. In our crazy minds, the whole thing is his fault to begin with. While studies haven't shown this to be as statistically significant as the other items on this list, consider the votes for George Bush in Florida in the 2004 election. The state had been hit with four consecutive hurricanes before November, and those areas hit hardest were less likely to vote for his re-election, even if they were staunchly conservative areas that had voted for him four years earlier. Hmm. Well, I think all this just proves that voting is a terrible method of choosing oh, the yeah. dictator. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I think they're going to say that, if I recall, the last time I read this, um, I think they're going to actually say that. Guess what number one is? Anyone want to guess? Um, rap music. Facial hair. Your genes. My, my pants? No. My your genetics? genetics. <laughs> That's right. If being in the same room as a Jesus statue is enough to make a liberal person vote like a conservative, you'd think the decision to vote or stay home would be just as haphazard and easy to influence. Maybe there's a politically active girl you're trying to impress. Maybe you happen to catch Air Force One on TNT. There's no reason. Awful movie. There's, <laughs> there's no one reason why uh, any one of us votes, right? Uh, actually, the question of why we vote has been the subject of scientific research for years since it basically contradicts everything social scientists have learned about typical human behavior. Think about it. You know how they say the lottery is a tax on people who don't understand math? Well, the same could be said about the process of voting, since it is mathematically impossible for your single solitary vote to swing the election. So, yeah, (laughs) they're getting at it, you know? Uh, Social scientists have tried to explain (laughs) people's irrational decision to vote when everything... From uh, from age to gender to race, none of it made a difference. No matter how many times P. Diddy threatened to kill kill them, some people just weren't going to the polls. That that actually happened, right? Like yeah, vote or and, die. Uh, <laughs> and others seemed, in the words of political scientist Jay Fowler, programmed to keep voting. That's when Fowler got the idea to see if these people really were programmed. If whether or not we vote is in fact hard coded into our DNA. Various large-scale studies of twins in America and Australia found that identical twins were more likely to share voting behavior than fraternal twins. The correlation was so overwhelming that the researchers concluded that genes are the most important factor in determining whether you vote. So whether you decide to vote has nothing to do with your feelings on the war your country's involved in or the, to- or the time the president killed your father in front of you. <laughs> A randomly selected group of humanity is programmed to vote, and if you're not one of them, you're going to be lazy and stay home. Uh, it's funny they say you're going to be lazy and stay home. It sounds like you're going to be smart and stay home. <laughs> right. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty and, productive on on. I'm, I'm good at math. Day. I know that it's retarded, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, although if you're the lazy in the lazy port part of the population, we guess you shouldn't be too jealous. You're just going to vote for the fat guy anyway. Da-dum-bum. 
Well, that was a wonderful article, Dale. I, I think you've definitely highlighted the tragedy that is the society. <laughs> the democratic process. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the false hope that it instills I, in us that we are not being completely manipulated by people in power. And, I feel even more ashamed that I ever voted now. I, me too. I mean, when I when I was like gung-ho, like got, I was so proud of my stickers mm-hmm. as I voted. And Back I when I was ABB. people who didn't have their sticker. I used to be ABB, anybody but Bush. Yeah, yeah, that was me too. I mean, well, I wasn't really quite. I wasn't quite that actually. Oh, I, I didn't I totally feel that strongly would. about the Bush Gore election. Um, I really did. This was like Bush Kerry. That was the first time I could vote. Okay, and uh, like, yeah, I just wanted him out. And well, at that point, I understand it because he had really been a dick at that point. But yeah, my, like I remember when Bush, when it was Bush Gore, I really didn't feel that strongly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of like I, I felt like he was bad. Like he was worse than Gore. Yeah, at the time, but uh, I didn't really Who like knows? either one I of mean, them. Gore... I didn't like either one. And uh, imagine if Gore was president, what would be where would we be at now? I mean, like, I, who knows? It doesn't matter. There'd be I a giant know. monument to the interwebs, you know, that he oh, no. created. And yeah. there would be nothing really I, I different. I don't know. It's hard to imagine what might be different or not. I have yeah. a feeling the same powers that be would be manipulating whoever's there, whether it was Bush or him. Possibly. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really feel particularly strongly, uh, uh, you know, about that. I mean, it might have been maybe maybe we wouldn't be in Iran and maybe we'd be or Iraq, excuse me, or Afghanistan and maybe we'd be somewhere else. Yeah. Invading and making Possibly. trouble, you know, you because know, of because there's of no way to really tell. Credits. I mean, <laughs> that's just to write a uh, uh, what if comic book about it and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Speaking of comic books. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, I want to read a couple of these. I was looking uh, during breaks and stuff, and uh, I was looking at. Some well, you of don't the have much time to go. You have like less than a minute. All right, Master Legend. This is on the S, uh, the real life superheroes. It says Master Legend patrols the streets of Florida, fighting crime. There's a picture of him next to a handicapped kid in a chair, passing tips to the police and helping underprivileged people and turtles in his community. Quote, I am a real-life superhero born with the powers of the veil and voodoo teachings. I have studied psychology all my life and used my abilities to defend the helpless and help the desperate as a specially trained fighter in many forms that I have developed my own. It is the secret of the diamond spirit. It is my duty and my life. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've got Angle Grinder Man. He's great. Oh, my God. He's got, like, long hair and goggles and an angle grinder. Uh, he says he's a social activist. Uh, he's in England. He says, Angle Grinder Man patrols by night looking for unhappy drivers who have been clamped and then sets their cars free. <laughs> I like this one, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's, that he, is know, pretty cool. An odd job man by, by day. He operates in Kent during the week and in London on weekends. He decided to go full-time vigilante in May this year. Quote, my obsession with wheel clamping is actually a rebellion against a much deeper malaise, he said. Namely, the arrogant content that politicians hold for the people all right, this and put is, them in power. Thanks this all. has been Luther. JJ. And Delbert. Have a good night.